Should I get my child's permission before doing something that involves them? This is a controversial topic. In this podcast, we're talking about young kids. And for some people, the concept of asking permission from a young child sounds absolutely absurd. While other people will insist that you should never do anything unless your child agrees to it, no matter what the situation. And even starting from when the child is a baby, you should already always ask for their permission. Let's say before changing their diaper or before giving them a bath. Here at Discerning Parenting, we empower you with science-backed ideas and strategies to help you make better parenting decisions. And we tackle this controversial issue head-on in this episode. Are there days you feel you've had it with the sleepless nights, the temper tantrums, the constant fatigue of trying to keep up with an active baby? Does it feel like you're always working so hard as a parent, trying to do everything for your kids and family, and yet it never feels enough? We get it. You love your child more than anything, and yet parenting is also exhausting and challenging. Especially when you're bombarded with criticism and pressure to be the perfect parent, which, spoiler alert, does not exist. That's why we created Discerning Parenting, the podcast that helps you cut through the noise and focus on what truly matters in your parenting journey. This podcast is jam-packed with valuable insights and practical tips specifically tailored for parents of kids age 5 and below. So join us and discover how you can use the combined power of science, knowing your child, and your own intuition in making the best parenting decisions for you and your family. hear some people saying, I'm the parent, I know what's best for my baby or for my child. I should be the one who decides. Why do I need to get their consent? Taken to the extreme, it may happen that the baby or child gets passed around to be kissed by an entire room full of relatives. And when the child protests, the relatives just laugh and they find it cute and they do it anyway. Now, if extended family doesn't play a major part in your everyday life as a parent, it may be difficult to imagine this situation. But maybe even if you're not in exactly the same situation, maybe there are times your child was expected to act more friendly with a bunch of people even before your child was comfortable with it. Or maybe you felt compelled to force your child to share a toy. Maybe... Some adult may have even wanted you to just simply grab your child's toy and give it to another child to quote-unquote force them or teach them how to share. That's on one hand. But on the other hand, there are also people who say, we always need to get permission from babies, from kids, for everything. Otherwise, it kills their autonomy and they will grow up with a lack of boundaries and a lack of self-respect. And if we take this to the extreme, people who believe this may even get to the point that, for example, the child doesn't brush their teeth anymore, quote-unquote, because they don't want to. And then, of course, when the teeth decay, they can't even go to the dentist. Because obviously, if you ask your child, do you want a dentist drilling your teeth? Nobody will say yes to that. Every parent may be at a different point along the spectrum of opinions. From one extreme of always asking for permission to the other extreme of I always decide and I never ask for permission. 
And if this is a dilemma for you, here are some tips that can help you resolve this based on an understanding of child development and positive parenting. And remember that we also look through this from the lens of your child's developmental level. There's no one-size-fits-all to parenting. And each time we discern something, the child's development will come into play. Tip number one, discern between negotiables and non-negotiables. We can ask ourselves, is it necessary? Why am I asking my child to do this? With a toothbrushing example, it's necessary and it's for your child's benefit. So toothbrushing should be a non-negotiable. The same thing goes with, for example, taking a child's temperature when they have a fever. But with the example of the child being kissed by a room full of relatives, is it for the child's benefit? Is it even necessary? There are so many ways to show respect without invading the child's personal space and without spreading viruses from one person to the other. Tip number two, look at the situation from your child's perspective. Now, based on this, it will become clear that you need to insist on toothbrushing no matter how much your child protests. At the same time, you acknowledge how it can sometimes be uncomfortable. So you'll talk your child through the situation. And of course, we have several strategies to make toothbrushing less uncomfortable for a child, especially, for example, a child who may have sensory issues for whom the brush may be bothering them. And based on this also, you'll be able to discern that you shouldn't force your child to hug and kiss everyone at a gathering. And you shouldn't force them to interact with other people beyond their comfort zone. After all, if you didn't feel like hugging everybody at a gathering, or if you didn't feel like interacting with other people at a social gathering, how would you feel if you were forced to? How would you feel if your own boundaries were invaded? And this goes for situations like, for example, taking away a toy that belongs to one child, then giving it to another without their permission. Then later on, if the child protests, you're going to say, you're so selfish. If you put yourselves in your child's position, like for example, somebody just grabbed your cellular phone and gave it to somebody else, how would you feel? You would call it stealing. And maybe that your child's toy is just as valuable to them as your cellular phone is to you. Tip number three, give age-appropriate choices. Even if we need to insist on something, such as toothbrushing, your child can still have autonomy by making developmentally appropriate choices. And that is where our understanding of a child's developmental level will come in. For example, even a toddler can have autonomy by choosing what toothbrush or toothpaste to use. For example, instead of quote-unquote asking permission by saying, do you want to brush your teeth? Because the child can say no, it might be better to ask something like, do you want to use your cars or your frozen toothpaste when you brush your teeth? As pediatricians, we're taught to do something similar during examinations. For example, if it's non-negotiable that we examine a child with a stethoscope in the clinic, we do get their cooperation. And different doctors would have different ways of doing this. Some would examine mom first, some would examine a stuffed animal first, and some would make it into a game. Now, here are three sample situations where it's probably a good idea to get your child's permission. So first, if your child appears to have a difficult time doing something, for example, your child seems to be struggling to put on a shirt or struggling to complete a puzzle or finish a drawing, 
I know as parents, we want to help because we love our kids so much. So we want to automatically jump in to help by completing the puzzle or just simply putting the shirt onto them. But it might help to pause and to ask, do you want me to help you with that? That's an excellent time to ask for a child's permission. Or here's another situation. If your child seems upset, instead of jumping in and trying to fix everything, it may help to simply sit quietly with them. Then maybe we can ask something like, would you like me to sit beside you? Or would you like a hug? Instead of automatically saying, what is it? I'm going to fix this for you. And another situation is to allow age-appropriate independence. For example, if we're going out, we can let them decide, do you want to bring a toy along? And then they can help decide which toys to bring. As long as, of course, it's reasonable for the place that you're going to. Instead of just us automatically deciding what activities they're going to have and planning everything, we can let them help plan their activities in an age-appropriate way. And finally, the final tip, advocate for your child's boundaries. Often, it's not the parents who violate a child's boundaries, but other people. And even well-meaning people without realizing it may violate a child's boundaries. You know your child best, and you also have your own intuition and your gut instinct on what's okay and what's already a boundary violation. For example, for me personally, I don't like it when strangers or other people I hardly know suddenly whip up their phones and take photos of my child especially if it appears to be just a photo of my child. I have more leeway if their kids are in the photo too. Now, people have told me, no, there's nothing you can do. You can't stop people from taking your child's photo. And then people have even told me I'm being mean or paranoid. But I chose to take a stand on this unapologetically. I would say firmly, please don't take photos of my child and please delete the photos you've already taken. And in fact, recently, there are these videos coming out showing how a photo of a child can be manipulated using artificial intelligence. So what we may think is a harmless photo can have far-reaching implications. So there are still many situations when I'd stayed silent and then later wish I'd spoken up. But I'm sharing this, hoping that if you're listening to this and you want to advocate for your child more, but you've been feeling that you might be mean or paranoid or you might be wrong, maybe this gives you the courage to advocate for your child. Because we as parents, we are our kids' best advocates. So if you enjoyed this episode, head over to discerningparenting.com toolkit and sign up for a free parenting toolkit that includes a number of resources for the first five years of life, including activities, handling tantrums, helping kids get started in learning to read, and more. And this episode is actually an excerpt of my coming book, which is The Discerning Parent's Guide to Toddler Behavior. And if you sign up for the Parenting Toolkit and get on our mailing list, you'll be among the first to know when it becomes available. 
Don't forget to follow the Discerning Parenting Podcast so you don't miss any episode. And thank you so much for listening today. 